You're listening to a podcast from Turners Hill Free Church. For more information and resources, visit turnershillfreechurch.org.uk. So, great to be here. Um, I've known Jeff for, for quite a while now. Good few years. Maybe four or five years? Six. Time's flown. We've had so much fun. Uh, but we, we know each other through Life in the Spirit conference and the network of churches. So it's kind of, um, uh, we were together a couple of weeks ago, weren't we? For two days with some other leaders from around the place, um, worshipping, uh, hearing from God, talking things through. We even had a meal, didn't we? Which was probably the best bit. <laughs> Let's face it, it was the best bit. Uh, so, um, Great to know Jeff and great to, to see, you know, you, you have these conversations and now it's like I can put faces to the name of the church. And uh, also, uh, my wife knows Nick from years and years and years ago. Uh, and I know Nick's brother, Steve, really well. So there's all these kind of connections. And Gary here, who I didn't know was turning up, but, you know, hopefully he's not invoicing me for the bass playing, but we go back over 20 years. Um, we spent a lot of time driving to gigs and driving to churches and uh, playing in, in a band together years and years ago. I can tell you some stories. Do you know when a, long, when a long-haired guy with a beard and a black man are driving around in a nice car, you get stopped by the police. <laughs> it's uncanny. And, uh, in fact, it's probably more like, <laughs> it's like, what are these guys doing in this nice car? And Gary's like, I have a job. <laughs> anyway, good times, good times. So yeah, I wanted to talk to you today, um, about the power of encouragement and, um, gonna go through a few different, um, things from the Bible, which is good and a few stories of encouragement and hopefully, uh, I won't have any negative feedback because you'll all encourage me after this. See? See what I did there? Yeah? You can't do anything but encourage me after this. So I'm going to um, just go for it. Is that okay? Yeah? See, you're good. You're answering yes to everything I ask you. That's good. You're learning. So um, Psalm 47, verse 2 says, The Lord build." You don't need to turn to it because I'm just going to whiz past it. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. And he gathers the exiles of Israel. He builds up Jerusalem and he gathers the exiles of Israel. Verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what God is like and who God is? That is a new one there, isn't it? That is a new baby. Congratulations. Um, So encouragement. The action of giving someone support, confidence, hope. Other words that might be around it, heartening, cheering, cheering up, boying up, (laughs) pepping up. It's not funny. Ushers, take this man out. (laughs) Uplifting. You're not very encouraging. Um... Synonyms might be inspiration, rallying, motivation, incitement. Oh, we like that one. 
Stimulation, animation, invigoration. It could be a reggae song, couldn't it? Stimulation, animation. Anyway, invigorating, emboldening. I like that one. Emboldening. Fortification. So, encouragement. Like, to give courage to. To strengthen, to build up. The biblical word's kind of edify, isn't it? We like that one. Edification. Sounds all Christian. So, um, Jesus, the great encourager. The great encourager. You know, um, when he called those 12 disciples, uh, he was calling mostly teenagers who hadn't made it as rabbis. You know, in, in the Jewish culture of the day, they, they weren't the ones who had gone to Oxford, you know. They were the ones who'd gone back to their trades. They were the fishermen. They were the, you know, they, they just weren't the elite. They weren't rabbi material. So when this rabbi comes to them and he says, come and follow me, what he's actually saying in that is, come and be what I am. Come and be what I am. That's what it meant to follow a rabbi, was that they would go on to do greater things. That was a common saying of the time amongst rabbis, that you would do greater things than I. We know that one, don't we? Jesus said that too. So, what an encouragement. Why did they drop their nets in an instant? Because someone was giving them an incredible opportunity, and they knew it. And they knew it when it came, and they went for it. Not everyone did, right? But these guys did. In fact, the rich, you know, the rich young ruler, he he couldn't do it, could he? He couldn't. He couldn't do it. But these poor guys, these poor fishermen, and these other, you know, sort of, uh, you know, extremist and tax collector and whatever else they were, they jumped at the chance for a new start and a new life. What an encouragement! Come and be what I am. You know, the Americans would say, you can do it, wouldn't they? The Americans would say, you can do it. And um, you will do greater things than anyone who follows me, you know, believes me, will do greater things than I've done. Well, I don't know about you, but being, um, I'm presuming most of you are English, but it's quite revealing when somebody says something like that to you, what your reaction is. Because sometimes we can feel discouraged. Right? Because you look at your own life and you just think, you know, I'm not really up to it. And we disqualify ourselves straight away. And um, that's something really cultural that isn't kingdom culture. Because if Jesus, who is the Almighty, who is the Creator, says you can do it, why do you not believe him? Does he, does God lie? No. He doesn't, does he? So we can change. We can change the way we think. I can change the way I think. You know, naturally, I'll be very down on myself and feel guilty about everything. But I need to change that. I need to change that. Don't I? So, yeah, English culture is like, you know, don't shine too brightly. Or, if you've got a dream, 
I want to do this. Mm. Be more realistic. But what if that doesn't work out? Have a backup plan. You know, don't just, just scale it down a bit. You know, I want to see, you know, the Brazilians come here. We want to see this nation transformed for Jesus. <laughs> what do these guys know? Well, maybe more than us. Maybe they've seen churches grow to 25,000, 50,000 and the whole nation turn upside down. Maybe they believed this thing. I, you can do greater things. Maybe they believed what Jesus said more than we have. I'm not pulling a guilt trip. I'm just saying we can change. You know, we can, it, it doesn't have to be what we know. The future doesn't have to be defined by where we are today or what we were in the past. It can change. We can change. It's the transformation, uh, Jesus brings. Um, so let's recognize a bit of a strategy of the enemy in that. So you can never, you can never amount to anything. You can never do that. You can never. Or well, what about this that you did? You've messed up too much or you've had a failed marriage or you've had a whatever it is. You've had drug problems. You've had depression. You know, well, you could never. That's it, isn't it? Disqualified. You're too young. You're too old. You know, fill, fill in the gap. So let's just recognize that for what it is, which is mostly what lies and deal with it. Okay. So, um, that's my, by way of introduction. And I really want to focus on, on one guy. And he's one of my favorite guys in the Bible. And his name is Barnabas. And it wasn't his original name. That was the name the disciples gave him. And it means the son of encouragement. The son of encouragement. And we're going to go on a little journey with Barnabas. Is that okay? I might even be really disrespectful and call him Barney Boy. Okay, just to keep you awake. So I'm going to read from Acts. Acts 4, uh, verse 32. It says this. It's just amazing. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, in working them all, that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned the land, owned land or houses sold them, bought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and bought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. We don't like talking about money, do we? Either. Can you imagine just selling off one of your, your houses? We don't know how many fields he had. It says a field that he owned. And he bought all the money and he laid it at the apostles' feet, basically saying, I believe in you. I believe in this thing that God is doing and I'm in. I'm all in. Here's a load of money to distribute as you see fit. No strings attached. Not vying for like eldership, 
I'm just dropping off the cash. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. You know, you hear those stories, don't you, of like people investing in, in projects, in church buildings, in missions. And they do sometimes do, do wild things. A friend of mine, he wanted to start a youth ministry. And, uh, the community it was in, they, they took a, an offering. And he, he had real faith. <laughs> he had real faith for this thing. And, uh, my friend, he, he had 5,000 pounds. And he put the whole lot, it was all he had. He put the whole lot in the offering. The offering came to 5,110 pounds from the whole community. Not very encouraging for him, but wow. But wow. <laughs> you know, amazing. Um, son of encouragement. You know, encouragement takes bravery. To encourage people takes bravery. Um, it takes being a good listener to people. Uh, and it takes believing the best about people. And Barnabas was great at that. So we, we move on in Acts to Acts 9. And uh, I'm going to just read it. When they, when he came to Jerusalem, so this is talking about Saul. He tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. I can understand that. He'd been going around killing and persecuting the church. They were a bit scared. Even the brave apostles were scared, you know. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. He's listened to the story, hasn't he? He's listened to him. And how in Damascus he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So so Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and they sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. So he's the one who listens to Saul, believes in Saul, commends him to others, and opens the way for Saul to be accepted by other people. He's an amazing guy, isn't he? He was the one who did that. Think how important Saul is in church history. What had happened if he hadn't been there to, to believe in this guy, to believe that God could change a life so dramatically? And then this wonderful verse in, in uh, 31, that living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. The Holy Spirit, God is the great encourager, that he can, he can bring that encouragement and, he, and out of that encouragement can flow growth of the church. Why do you think that is? Because it's good to be around encouraging people. It's good to be around people who are encouraged. If you're discouraged, it's, it's a bit of a, 
you know, it's that kind of heaviness, isn't there? And we all get it. We all get discouraged. It's good to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit, by other people, and therefore become an encouraging culture. Um, so then moving on in Acts, we get this explosion of the gospel amongst non-Jews um, in Antioch. And uh, they don't really know what they're going to do with all this. They don't know what they're going to do. So who do they send? Who do they send? Barnabas. They send this guy who's got a track record of kind of sorting these things out and listening. And really, they really trust this guy. So news reached the church. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the the grace of, saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all. He's just at it again. To remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. He was a good dude. And I love the fact that Luke's now getting in on the encouragement act, isn't he? He's like saying, yeah, Barnabas, you know, Barnabas is going to read this. I'm just going to put this in here. Tell him he's a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. You know, I'm sure Barnabas wasn't perfect. But isn't that how Jesus sees us? Does he see our mess? No, he doesn't. He, see, he calls out to what's good in you and me. Grace God. He was a good man. Jeff, you're a good man. Full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Feels good. Gary, you're a good man. Full of the Holy Spirit and faith. (laughs) So. Then what does he do? Barnabas. He's got all these non-Jews, this church growing, incredible stuff happening. He has a thought. He remembers a guy who's called to the Gentiles. A guy called Saul. He remembers him. When Barnab- Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first to Antioch. Barnabas pulls Saul out of the desert. And some people put that time frame uh, of about 12 to 14 years from when Paul fled Jerusalem to when he arrived in Antioch. He'd been out in the desert for 12 years. Barnabas hadn't forgotten about him. Are there people that you know who need a call from you? Maybe this afternoon. Maybe they need that encouraging phone call. It's a call of God on your life. I believe in you. Why don't you come back to church? Why don't you come for dinner? Why don't we, where are you at? Are you okay? I just wanted to encourage you. You know, because you're a good person and God is on your life. Wouldn't that be awesome if each of us did that this afternoon? You double your church by next Sunday, maybe. Maybe. It can happen. 
Barnabas hadn't forgotten him, neither had God. (laughs) We wouldn't have much of the New Testament without Barnabas, would we? If he hadn't have been there encouraging Paul and Saul and these other guys. Uh, Right, this is a bit mad, but in Acts 15, we see the Gentiles are being told, you've got to be circumcised like Jews. Okay, this is an emergency situation. All the men are looking at me like, do you know what circumcision is? (laughs) This is not good news anymore. (laughs) It's an ancient Jewish. Anyway, I thought the kids had gone out. So they write this, uh, I got this right around. They write this letter um, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Sicilia. Greetings. Can you imagine reading this letter out? All the men are like, (laughs) what if it's bad news? We've heard from some that went out for us without authorization and disturbed you. I'm not sure I read that right. Troubling your minds by what they said. You bet their minds were troubled. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul. Safe hands. (laughs) Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we're sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. So the men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. (laughs) Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. After spending some time there, they were sent off by the believers with the blessing of peace, to return to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. So I've already laboured it, but they were very encouraged. Uh, When Barnabas and Paul have a bust up, it's Barnabas who sticks with Mark, who had abandoned them previously. He gives Mark another go. He's just always at this, Barnabas. He's always believing in the lost cause, giving them another chance. The Bible tells us that love keeps no record of wrongs. It's okay to give someone a new chance, another another go, even if they mess up really badly. Um, A friend of mine once drove a car into a swimming pool whilst on car park duty at church. And uh, this this incident kind of haunted him and was a source of real shame and embarrassment to him. Um, and we used to absolutely just take the mickey out of him for this. And um, I met him recently and he was, he was talking to me about it. He said, you know what, that really hurt. 
when you guys used to always take the mickey out of me like that for that. And I was like, oops, sorry. You know, I didn't know. Um, but yeah, everyone deserves another chance, don't they? Sticking back on car parking duty. I don't think he's going to do that again. So um, I've got a couple of stories um, of times when I've been really encouraged and given a second chance. So uh, when I was much younger, um, as a new Christian in the 1990s, um, I I was out one night and I really messed up. You know, like when you really mess up properly. Never done that. Never done that. It might not be the same things for each of us, but we've all done it. We've all messed up at times. And uh, I kind of, you know, dragged myself into church on a Sunday morning, feeling like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And when the worship started, I just I got on my knees and I just started crying because I was like, God, I've let you down, you know. And I've... I've thrown away everything that you've given me, you know, and I've brought shame on you and I don't know what to do. And, uh, the pastor there, Chris Lane, he walked, was walking through the people. We were just meeting in a school, you know, and he just said, he said, hi guys, I want you all to look at Mark. And I was just like, no, here it comes. He's, he knows. They know. They're all going to know. And he said, I want you to look at Mark. And I feel God is saying, you need to, you need to look at him and, and, and learn from him because he always presses into Jesus. And I'm just there going, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what I've done. And um, anyway, I kind of felt better after church. And I was in the park. And I, someone who had a mobile phone at that time gets a call. And it's Chris. And he said, oh, is Mark there? I want to speak to Mark. So they pass me the mobile phone. And he says, hey, Mark, I'm going to a conference tomorrow uh, in Manchester. And I want you to come. Can you come? We'll We'll pay for you. And you know, can you come? I was like, well, yeah, but you don't know. (laughs) Um, And so I went to this conference in Manchester. It was called Doing the Stuff. And um, I saw God move through me in that week in a way that I'd never seen before. I saw the power of God rescue a heroin addict. and just incredible things, you know? So going from that kind of, you know, the way that God just gives us another go again and again and again is just incredible. So don't give up on people. Don't give up on yourselves. Have you ever heard the, the phrase, um, speak the truth in love? Have you ever had anyone say to you, 
I need to speak the truth in love to you. Have you ever had that? If you haven't, that's a really good thing. But I've only ever heard that sentence in a negative way. You know, like, I'm going to correct you. I, something you've done has really ticked me off. I'm going to speak the truth in love to you. It's in love, brother. And um, that's not about correction. That's about encouragement. And I think we've just misused that <laughs> grossly. Um, that's about seeing the good that somebody does and speaking the truth or speaking the truth of God about who they are to them, who God's made them to be. That's speaking the truth in love. Yeah, there's a time to correct one another. It has to be in relationship. And really the Bible teaches us more about receiving correction than giving correction. I don't know if you've noticed that, but you know, the fool hates correction. We do have to take correction from each other at times and from God's word and in our marriages and friendships. But that's not about that. I think God wants us to encourage one another. So we, we had this thing with our worship team where we decided to, do you remember catchphrase? Anyone remember catchphrase? He used to say this thing, say what you see. Say what you see. Say what you see. And we started to use that little catchphrase, say what you see. So if you see somebody do something well or do something beautiful, tell them that you've seen it and that you notice it and encourage specifically. You know, it's great saying you're a good person. We all need to hear that. But if you see, oh, wow, that was really amazing how you... It's really amazing that, you know, once a month you come and just take care of all the kids and you have that incredible heart. You know, Jeff, it's, it's incredible the way that you devote yourself to understanding the word, understanding the scripture and bringing that, committed to bringing that through every week. You know, it's like, say what you see. If you see it, because often we think it and we don't say it and it's no good just being thought. It has to come out. It has to be heard to be received. Um, so yeah, in family, Man, encourage your, your kids. Encourage them about what's good that they do and who they are and the gifts that they have. And when they do sweet things to one another, encourage them, tell them, bless them, you know. Um, cause it's so easy as a parent, I have two, I have two children to just be like correcting them the whole time. Pick that up. Don't put that there. You know, don't say that to your sister. You can't, you know, you just find yourself becoming this kind of, I don't know, just spew of negativity. And it's, it's a bit exasperating, isn't it? Um, it's kind of, we nag our kids sometimes, <laughs> you know, poor little things, but amazing when you intentionally, the effect that it has on them, when you, you call them to be great, you call them to, to be who they really are, you know, to be the people that they, we're destined to be. Um, you'll see them light up. We'll see them light up. And, uh, yeah. All right. I'm nearly there. Um, am I doing great? Thank you. What exactly am I doing so well? Just general great or? Okay. You've, they're taking too long. It's fake. Can't receive it. Uh, all right. I shall uh, apologize later.
So, um, you know, sometimes you can hear a prophetic word and it can bring you down. So like if somebody says, forget the former things. You know, if I was to bring a prophetic word to this church from the scripture, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Then half of you are going to go, oh, great. We've been here for years doing stuff. Right? I'm speaking the truth, aren't I? This is, this is how, this is what we do. Forget the formula. Well, what was the last 20 years then? Great God, you know. Well, that's not a word from the Lord. You know, God's been here for years, you know. And it's just human nature. Sometimes we, we, we can't even receive the encouragement because we just, it's, it's partly a British thing. We pick out the negatives, you know. Um, yeah. Scripture does expose our hearts in that way, and prophetic words do expose our hearts from it. I remember somebody praying for me to be able to sing in tune. And uh, just after I'd like been singing, and I was like, okay. I, I'm trying to receive this as encouragement. Anyway, I wonder how bad it was. Anyway, um, probably quite bad, because you don't start good at things, do you? You start rubbish and you get good. Um, cool. So, um going to read this. I didn't write the verse down, but Jeff knows it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Such incredibly big statements, aren't they? And goals. It's like, well, just come to church once a week. You'll be all right. Go to your home group. You might scrape into heaven. It's not the vision, is it? Mature, attaining, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's okay to dream big. It's okay to, to want this stuff. To want to shine God's glory and power and love to people. And he believes we can do that. That should encourage us. He believes we can do it. Then we will no longer be infants. Tossed back and forth by the waves. What's an infant doing in the waves? Anyway, Moses. And blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ, in case you didn't know. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. To be imitators of Christ, we must become encouragers. The good news is that we can do it by the grace of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. God has a vision 
a community of grace and love dedicated to building one another up, to building one another up, all of us. Um, yeah, good stuff. We got, we had a blessing earlier. May the Lord shine His face upon you, didn't we? There's lots of cool, like blessings and prayers in the epistles. This is one from 2 Thessalonians 2.16. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. It's a cool blessing, isn't it? Eternal encouragement. How much encouragement is that? More than we could possibly imagine. So, um, what time do we actually finish? Two o'clock. About <laughs> quarter past. Cool. Well, um, I guess we can, we can worship and we can pray and, um, just one other thought and that is, I think why we're told to um, desire the gift of prophecy, right, in Scripture, is, is to build up the body. And the spiritual gifts are to build us up. So tongues builds you up, but prophecy is for the whole church to be built up. So there's a strong link between prophecy and encouragement. Um, and uh, Can I give you one little exciting story? Yeah, it's not mine. It's a friend of mine's, but I'm just going to claim it in Jesus' name. Um, so I, I really like this guy, Russell Brand. Some of you, he's a bit like Marmite. Either you love him or you hate him. But I've been watching this guy for a few years and praying for him from a distance through the lens of YouTube mainly. And I've been noticing that God is at work in his life. And... um so I pray for him every now and again and, and watch his stuff, watch his videos. And I just think, oh, I just started saying like a few months ago, I was like, I'd love to meet this guy. I'd love to just sit. I think I could sit and we could just talk and talk plainly and openly. Anyway, so I was telling my friend this in London and he said, oh, he said, I met Russell Brand uh, two weeks ago. I was like, all right. Of course you did. And, um, he said, uh, he said, I was about to drive to work and I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't drive, walk. So he's one of these guys, you know, who like hears stuff like that. And so he didn't drive and he walked to work because he's walking through Camden and he sees Russell Brand and he's like looking at him. He's carrying a yoga mat, you know, with his hair tied up. And, uh, my friends from Puerto Rico, so he tries to put on like a Cockney accent, but it's like a Puerto Rican Cockney accent. It sounds nothing like it's really. Oi. So he goes, "Oi, is that you, Russell?" Like trying to do a Cockney accent, and uh, Russell just kind of—he's really tall, apparently. And Russell just kind of goes, and then he said, uh, 
he's just sort of scuttling off, you know, he's like, okay, another weirdo coming to talk to me. And he just says, Russell, I'm, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And he stopped dead in his tracks and he turned to my friend and he said, thank you. Thank you. I really need that. Please keep, keep praying for me. And then my friend was standing there and they were just looking at each other. And he's like, okay, what should I say, God? And, um, and these were the words that came to him. Five step healing model. No. He said, um, he said, Russell, I really want to thank you for the gift of laughter that you've brought people because that's a beautiful thing that you do. It brings people relief and it, you've made us laugh and it's a really cool thing. Thank you. And that was it. And this guy's a pastor. <laughs> it's like, that was your moment to bring the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you say our Lord Jesus Christ and you pump the, when you pump the pulpit, it has more authority. Um, but God didn't give him that. He just said, encourage him. Encourage him with the gifts that are in him. Like, we don't have to do the whole thing. So there's, just to say that, this culture of encouragement, how did that church grow, you know? Through encouragement. You can, you can begin to see others outside the church as God sees them. And, you know, we're in a, in a time when there's so many walls and barriers and we just need to connect. We just need to connect with people and be those, be those encouragers. All right. So we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring that into eternal encouragement to us.